0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Happy April Fool's Day, but even better than that, happy April. Oh my gosh, if you're listening live or close to live, spring may come, and that makes me really, really happy. Yesterday, March 31st, was Cesar Chavez Day. Cesar Chavez was a great champion of farm workers here in the United States. Back in the 1960s and 70s. And there's a great documentary that I watched yesterday in honor of that. It's called Food Chains. And it's about people who pick the produce in the U.S. today. All these decades after Cesar Chavez. And you know what? Things are not much better And the reason I think that's important for us as vegans and plant-based people and people interested in health and eating a lot of produce is we want to eat kind food. We want to eat food that doesn't harm animals. So I think it's good to want to eat food that doesn't harm anybody. So you might want to check out that documentary, Food Chains. Let me know what you thought of that. We have a really, really fun show today we have coming up after the first break an inspiring grandmother who is also a cancer survivor, and she's also a powerlifting champion. And she's also a raw food vegan. So that's after the break. But right now, staying with that theme of delicious, bright, green, colorful, fabulous raw foods, I have someone on whom I've wanted to have on for quite a while now. And that is Lisa Viget. Lisa is a vegan artist, gardener food blogger, and lover of the planet and all its inhabitants, more than almost anything, she enjoys showing others that a healthy vegan lifestyle can be simple, fun, delicious, and economical. To that end, she is the author of Easy, Affordable, Raw, and also the very popular website and blog raw on $10 a day or just raw on numeral com. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for
4: having me. I'm so happy to be here.
3: Well, it's happy for me to, to be talking to you as well because very often when people go vegan and almost always when people go raw or high raw, the question comes to them, That costs a lot, almost with the idea of that's elitist. How dare you go on this incredibly expensive diet that most people can't go on? Well, you know, I know some people are going to have trouble getting healthy food of any sort because some people just need more money. But for most people, can we be vegan? Can we be raw? Can we pay for it?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just possible. It's really not all that difficult. Like you said, the most, com- well, the most common comment I hear after where do you get your protein is I'd love to eat that way, but it's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's too expensive. I can't do it. I can't afford it. Uh, but that's really a misconception because uh, the fact is that most of us have local groceries that are full of fresh produce at decent prices. Um, and there's really never been a better time to be raw and to be vegan. Um, and then, of course, there's that place where health and economy come together. Um, how valuable is your health? How much are you saving down the road by taking care of yourself today? Not to mention taking care of our fellow beings and the planet that we all have to share.
3: I have a good friend out in Kansas City where our engineer Jeff is and where this show hails from or close to Kansas City. Her name is Elizabeth, and she's a foodie. She was a home ec major, and, and she loves all different kinds of cuisine. And when she discovered raw food, she started trying all of that. And she said to me one day in, in the perfect deadpan, it was as if she was doing a stand-up routine. She said, I made a raw pie. It costs $47, and I know that really is possible. She might have been exaggerating some, but you know, you could make a raw pie and spend $47 on it. If you don't want to do that, what else are you going to be eating that's nutritious and satisfying, and you can do it on $10 a day?
4: Well, you know, I've been blogging for five or six years now, and everything um, on my blog, I've made almost everything for about $2.50 or less per serving. And I've, I've used just things that I find in my local grocery store. I live in a small town, a small rural town. We have one grocery store. And everything I use on my blog and everything I almost everything I use in my book and almost everything on my blog I bought at this one little grocery store. Um, so it's, it's what you eat, you know. It's, it's, it's fruit, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Um, so when, We all can find
3: those. Well, when I think about raw and, and living where I do in New York City, and I know the food here is probably more expensive than, than in a lot of places, my husband and I eat high raw, especially in the summer, and there are only two of us left here at home, so we can do that okay. But I have a feeling that... If my daughter was still here and his two kids were here and we had a lot of people coming in and out, I'm not sure that I would know how to eat mostly raw and keep it in, in the economic range you're talking about. So do you skip the organic part? Is that one thing that you do? Um,
4: I think there are some things that are. it's much more important, say, for your greens to be organic than maybe your citrus. Um, uh, you know you can go through the, like that list the, the, the dirty 15 uh, is that something in the list and find the things that really should be organic and then maybe there are other things that where you can buy conventional produce um, I have some good ways to save, um, to save on raw food one of the best tell us, is to tell buy us. in season one of the yeah. best is to buy in season because okay. even though uh, we can go into just about any grocery store and buy anything that we want at any time of the year, um, there's still a time when things are in season. That you citrus in the winter, greens in the spring, tomatoes and melons are in season in the summer, obviously. Um, and so, and when you buy in season, that's when everything's going to be freshest and least expensive. Um, you're going to get the best bargains in. Uh, you can use local farmers markets. Um, you'll get bargains by buying directly from them, from the grower. Um, you get the freshest produce. Uh, most of the farmers where I live, they um, pick things that morning, the morning of the, of the, of the market. So it's super fresh. Um, there's the added bonus of getting to know who's growing your food um, and establishing that, that relationship. That's, that's an important relationship. There's CSAs, which are community-supported ag- ag- agriculture, and they're also local growers. Um, you can grow your own. I, I'm starting seeds today. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Michigan, and I'm starting seeds today for my garden. Um, there's a saying, growing your own food is like printing your own money, and that's very, <laughs> very true. I mean, you know, you got a bushel of tomatoes, you grow a bushel of tomatoes, that's a lot of money. That's, you know. Um, so I get, and I, I do, I get so much produce. Uh, and even if you don't have a lot of room, like where you live, you can do container gardening. Um, Just about anybody can grow sprouts. That's a really good way to um, save money is to grow sprouts. Um, You can grow greens or herbs or whatever on your windowsill. Um, And then once you've done all that, store things. Store things for later when things are plentiful. Uh, Throw some of the extras into the freezer. Um, Dry them in the dehydrator. Dry your your herbs or, um, you know, lots of things you can make in the dehydrator. Um, So there are ways to save money on raw food and feed all of those hordes that are going to be coming to your house. You know, for all for, the pretty food. For all the beautiful, it's, raw food is the most beautiful, it's photogenic. It's so naturally photogenic, I love photographing it. It's just, it's the best.
3: That is really true. Every time you're at a, a restaurant with a lot of people and they're all saying, Ooh, this looks so good and this looks so good. And you say, Well, uh, I'll have the, you know, kale salad with black olives or whatever. And everybody thinks that you're being so virtuous. But when your plate comes and it looks better than everybody else's, they always say, I wish I was getting that.
4: Right, right. Absolutely. So I- and you can get it. You know, you can go to a, normal, a restaurant like a normal person and get a kale salad. You know, you can find those things. You can find salad and fruit plates and things that are raw and things that are vegan um, at, at most restaurants. You don't have to go to someplace special either.
3: Right. And it's so interesting that you're telling us all this and you special said that you, live, that, that you live in a small town in Michigan. I just got the... Um, questions that will go out in the press kit for for the good karma diet my book that's coming out in may which celebrates a high raw diet and and one of the questions was you know how how do you do this If, if you're not in some big city with a whole foods and a bunch of vegetarian restaurants, well, I guess we do just exactly what you're saying. So what's an easy way to get started in raw foods? I think, especially this time of year, so many people are thinking, ooh, that sounds cool, but they just don't know how to start and it seems a little bit intimidating. Lisa. Hey, I lost you somehow, Um, but now you are found. So I don't know how much of the last question that that you heard, but I was saying that with spring coming, lots of people want to eat more raw foods, and they don't really know how to get started. What's an easy way to do that?
4: Um, You know, one of the best ways to get started in raw food, well, by my book, but, you know, after that, (laughs) um, smoothies. Moody's are a great way to get started in raw foods and with being vegan. Um, it's a handful of greens, a handful of fruit, um, banana—you know, about banana or two, depending on how like how how sweet you like it. Blend it up, and you've got something that is just as good and feels just as decadent as a milkshake that you would get, you know, at I, wherever you buy milkshakes. I haven't bought one in so long, but you know, McDonald's. I don't know, but and it. For about $2. Hmm. Um, salads. Um, Woody Harrelson uh, contributed a quote from my book, and he said um, that to eat only raw foods, you've got to love a salad. You've just got to love a salad.
3: Ah.
4: Uh,
3: that's true. I missed that. Did you say that was Woody Harrelson? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it, so wonderful. It yeah,
4: was, he, yes.
3: He keeps cropping up. Um, he wrote a foreword for the book of our, our guests last week, and he gave a blurb for my other guests last week. Now, you've talked about him, so that's The Magic of Three. We have a role for him in our movie, Miss Liberty, about a cow who escapes know. from a slaughterhouse, and now that he's come up three times, it's feeling like a very good omen. So I know, gosh, our time is so short, but I do want to ask you something that, I think a lot of people wonder about, do you need a lot of, of fancy superfoods? I mean, do you have to be the goji berry queen and and have all kinds of exotic stuff going on to be successful, healthy? And I think the big word is satisfied as a raw fooder. I think that, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, yeah, all those greens and fruits are really nice, but I need something to ground me to the earth. Does that have to come from the Himalayas?
4: You know, it it really doesn't. Fancy superfoods are great. I love them. They're fun. Um, I like using them myself um, sometimes, but they're not necessary. Um, Like I said, everything I've made um, in my book, except for the chocolate chapter, made from things at my local grocery store, just common, ordinary ingredients that we all, or most of us, have um, reasonable access to. Um, And really, you know, kale kale is the superfood. Kale is the superfood. Avocados are superfood um, as far as being full of nutrition, and most of us can find those um, at our local store. For- yeah. So it's really superfoods are out there, but they're not the uh, go berries I look at. Uh, those kinds of things are fun. They're fun additions occasionally. They're treats. Kale is, is my go-to thing for, for superfood.
3: I got it. And I love the idea of instead of thinking, oh, the treat is some really awful thing that nobody should be swallowing. Well, we'll have goji berries for a treat. They're sweet. They're pretty. They're expensive. They can be an every now and then thing. But, but the basics, your, your fruits and vegetables and. Nuts and Seeds. Gosh, Lisa, you're fun. Your book is wonderful. Easy, affordable, raw. Everybody check that out. And the blog. The blog is is terrific. Raw on 10. Raw on 10.com and you can do this. We all can. Thanks so much, Lisa I Hope to stay connected. All the best and everybody else stay with us and we're going to be bringing on powerlifting champion Pat Reeves.
1: share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives what if you could
2: experience vibrant health help heal the planet
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm your host, Victoria Moran, and I am so happy to be introducing Pat Reeves. When I went to England last fall to be part of VegFest UK, and by the way, I'll be back in October doing that again, hooray, everybody said, well, you have to talk to Pat Reeves. You have to have Pat Reeves on your show. She's so inspiring. She's so motivating. She's so cool. And it didn't work out to have her on then, but it is working out to have her on today. Now, what if I told you that a senior citizen is a powerlifting champion? And what if I told you that that senior citizen was also a cancer survivor of more than one bout with cancer? And what if I told you that she's a vegan and not only a vegan, but a raw food vegan? You'd think I was introducing you to somebody miraculous. Well, you know what? I am. This is Pat Reeves. You can find her on her website, foodalive.org. And if you go there, you can watch a video uh, from one of the UK papers with the headline that says, British Grand Prepares to Take on Powerlifting World Record. Is that cool or what? Of course it is. And that makes me really, really happy to be introducing Pat Reeves. Pat, welcome to the show. Hello, it's good to speak to you, Victoria. Well, it's wonderful, wonderful to hear you. I also just want to say before we get to talking and forget that Pat is the author of an incredibly inspiring and informational book called A Living Miracle About Fighting Cancer at the Cellular Level. So we'll just talk about food and exercise and motivation and inspiration and how we can all be as magnificent as what the press over in the UK calls the uh, pint-sized power lifter pad. So <laughs> how, what, what came first? I mean, were you sick first or were you an athlete first or a vegan first or how did it all happen? Tell us your story. Um, I was diagnosed
5: first before I entered into fitness and nutrition, um, but that was pretty soon afterwards, yes. So I've, um, I've been um, British champion for the last 27 years in powerlifting um, and world champion for around 10 years. Uh, And so that was beyond the diagnosis, yes.
3: I would say that's extraordinary. So for people who, who don't understand this sport, I think a lot of us get confused with weightlifting and powerlifting and bodybuilding. Tell us what the sport of powerlifting entails.
5: Well, weightlifting, otherwise known as Olympic lifting, uses the same equipment but is different 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 disciplines so weightlifting stroke olympic lifting uses a uh, clean and jerk and snatch so they have two disciplines so with powerlifting we have three disciplines which is squat which is deep knee bend bench press obviously pressing the bar off your chest and deadlifting, which is picking up some enormous weight off the floor. Uh, so those are our three disciplines. And when
3: and you talk building, about... obviously bodybuilding, obviously,
5: you're looking at a totally different sport here. So you're looking at symmetry with bodybuilding, whereas with powerlifting, you could describe it as pure brute strength. Right
3: now t- tell us in in terms of I guess over here we think of pounds, but if you tell us kilograms, we can figure it out <laughs> what what does like a great big guy who looks like the incredible Hulk has just returned? what's he lifting, and then what are the the women champions like you lifting
5: um. Okay, our highest weight category is 145 kilo plus. So that means you can weigh in at anything beyond 145. Um, so they are probably lifting in total um, 800 kilo, 7, 800 kilo. Um, but a lot of those people are obviously using performance-enhancing drugs and the association um, of which um, I am GenSec and I am running it um, is totally drug-free, so um, less than that, obviously. Nice. Um, but probably 600 kilos, something like that. Um, and then girls, um, depending what they weigh, so we have a 90-kilo-plus category for girls, um, whereas as i 'm lifting half that at half that weight um, so it very much depends on your age category, so obviously if you get older you don 't unfortunately you don 't lift as much as someone who 's twenty five um, but you know what is considered excellence here is looking at something like three times body weight deadlift um and we have quite a few guys who can do that. Um, in the earlier years, I was lifting double body weight um, for deadlifting, which is, which is the lift that, if you like, I excel at. Um, so I just, I just created a new world record a month ago at our national singles. Um and I expect to increase that at our World Singles in June. So I was fifty one kilo body weight and pulled ninety-five kilo deadlift.
3: Wow. So, oh, oh, congratulations. I'm getting there. That that is just absolutely <laughs> spectacular. So okay, you were diagnosed with with cancer, which nobody wants to have that happen. So what did you do? Did did you do chemotherapy and all, or did you look to natural treatments right away? How did that work for
1: you?
5: I looked at natural treatments. I've never had anything that you could call conventional therapy. Um, That was offered, but um, I was only given a year, maybe, even with that. And so... I figured that I could do better than that without wrecking my immune system with chemo, um, radiation, and surgery. Um, so that's when I really took on nutrition and fitness. Well,
3: yeah. and now what? What that first cancer? What kind of cancer was that? May I ask?
5: Um, that was um,
3: a meninginoma,
5: which is a, a slow-growing brain cancer. Um, okay. And that responded very, very well to nutrition.
3: So did you immediately go raw or did that come later?
5: That came later. Um, It's now nearly 50 years since I've been following a plant-based diet. But obviously in the early years, it was mainly cooked. And so it was probably just over 20 years ago that I was introduced to living foods. Um, and so, you know, now we're not just looking at raw foods, we're looking at live-sprouted foods. And that made an enormous difference to my health. Now, can
0: and you
3: explain the, the difference? I, for, for people who don't know the terms, raw food versus living food, How okay. what's the difference?
5: Okay, so raw food could be... Um, just buying a lettuce or a bunch of spinach um, from your fabulous health food stores in America. My son is there, so I visit those. Um, So that's raw, but it has been removed from its root or shoot for certainly more than 15 minutes. So within picking an apple off the tree or pulling something out of the ground... Beyond 15 minutes, you are losing a whole lot of nutrients. So although it's still pretty good, um, it's not the same as actually eating something while it's still alive. And so that is, if you like, producing baby plants. So when you go to the garden center and buy a tray of little tiny lettuce Um, seedlings to plant in the garden, that is the state that I eat them in before they grow themselves into an enormous lettuce or cabbage or whatever. So then they are absolutely loaded with enzymes and their nutrients are much more enhanced at that stage. So if you like, sprouting can be making a shoot or a root onto a chickpea, if you like, or growing things into uh, a green crop. And that's what I focus on.
3: I see. Yeah, we, we had a, a guest on the show a while back, um, Mark Bronstein, who has a book called Micro Green Garden um, about that stage just beyond yes, that, sprouting. That's, that's definitely what I did. Yes, a see.
5: Good name for it. Yes.
3: So, when you started with the raw food and and the live foods, did you notice an increase in your strength?
5: Um. I initially when I because I was really quite poorly when I started that. The first thing I noticed was a turnaround in my health and energy, and so the healing capacity you can get um, from. Uh, At that time, it was 100% raw and living foods. It's quite phenomenal. Um, My strength was pretty good 20 years ago, um, but obviously the reason I did it was to um, turn my health situation around.
3: This is so exciting to me. I'm just so thrilled. So I want to move into the the exercise part. We're going to be stopping for a break in just about a minute. But right now, just in this minute before we do that, when you told your doctor that you were going to take up powerlifting, what did he tell you? (laughs) Um, Well, when I
5: took up powerlifting, I wasn't actually in connection with any orthodox doctors. Um, So I'd already moved into the alternative field. Um, And because I didn't have any parameters, I had no one in the similar situation to me. Um, That gave me an edge, if you like, to try all sorts of things. Um, But initially, I didn't take up powerlifting. Um, I looked at what I needed to get fit. And so um, my main sport initially was marathon running or running to start with, and then I progressed to um, marathon distance was my best. So my times are better uh, for the marathon than for the shorter distance. So my best marathon time was 2.25 in Oslo. Um, But to get that sort of time, I was running 100 miles a week for five years. So that's where I first started. And then I took up weight.
3: (laughs) Well, you you absolutely uh, put me in awe. So I'm just going to um, sit here during the break with my jaw open. And we'll be back right after these messages. More with Pat Reeves, our wonderful guest here on the Main Street Vegan Show on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book Rants to Revelations by Reverend Ogun Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogun brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of to Revelations today from www.RampsterRevs.com. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri... The voice of an awakening world.
2: Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Oh, my gosh. If inspiration filled me physically as much as I'm feeling filled spiritually, I would be just... Bursting through my buttons right now. I am talking with champion power lifter, cancer survivor, and quite raw vegan Pat Reeves. She's the author of A Living Miracle. She also works in nutritional and functional medicine. And you don't necessarily have to live there in the UK and be close to her because she works with people uh, via the internet as well. And because she travels so much as a power lifter, chances are she can visit people that that need her in the countries where they are so do do check out her site foodalive.org now pat during the break you were telling us that there's a really startling statistic that has been quoted in the uk and something that you notice has been troubling you what's that
5: That is basically the increasing amount of people I am seeing in that condition, but more worryingly, the statement now that instead of being one in three people who will get cancer, it is now one in two. And that, to me, is pretty scary. That is 50% of the inhabitants of the UK will get cancer at some point. Um, And what I would like is people to look at a preventive plan instead of waiting until, sadly, they are diagnosed with cancer. There's very little going on in the UK and probably in the USA um, to get people to realize that if they don't follow an immune-enhancing eating regime, then their chances of contracting cancer are one in two. That's pretty scary to me.
3: What what is an immune-enhancing eating routine? Give us the nuts and bolts and and the directions for that.
5: Well, because mainly with cancer and and other life-threatening situations, um, you are looking at lowering inflammation. So it is an inflammatory disease. And so you are looking at cutting out or dramatically reducing anything that feeds that inflammation. And so the biggest situation with cancer, certainly just looking at cancer, is sugar. Mm -hmm. Because sugar is what cancer uses to spread around the body. And so... If you cut out its fuel, you will weaken those cancerous cells. So anything to do with sugar, processed foods, things in cans and packets, um, cooked foods with trans fatty acids in—all those things need to be, you know, avoided basically. And so you know, you are left then with food that doesn't have any labels. So usually things with a nutritional breakdown on it are processed foods. I know, isn't Uh, it wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) So if you look at fruit and vegetables, in general, they tend not to come with labels. Uh, So you're looking at changing the previous eating plan, which although I'm not saying caused the situation, it is keeping it going. Um so you need to re- avoid those foods and live on whole fresh vital organic and preferably living foods. So, so then you are enhancing the immune system and giving it the nutrients to fight the disease whatever so that disease is.
3: When when you were in the healing stage you were 100% raw is that correct
5: and now I was 100% raw for many years now most days I'm still 100% raw uh, because some days I will just juice and I won't eat um, because I don't have time or you know I'm not in the situation I can eat but I will always juice Um, occasionally I will use things like tempeh uh, which obviously is a cooked fermented soy food um occasionally tofu, mm-hmm. um, but that's about it. You no, know, I don't have any cooking facilities here. And oh, that's so, great! I <laughs> know uh, no, I can't cook. Basically, I mean I will dehydrate things, um, and uh, because that's useful for when I'm travelling. Uh, and obviously, I produce a lot of my own supplements from living foods. Uh, so you know, I've got vast amounts of growing things here. Um, both sprouting and um, a greenhouse and a garden that's loaded with green things.
3: So I think that most people have, have an understanding of why someone with cancer or with cancer in their family might look at a diet like this for a prevention, for healing, and it would make sense because of the detoxification, the anti inflammatory and all that. But I think yeah. where they might be scratching their heads is but power lifting? It's like how how on, on this what some people would call rabbit food can you pump iron like you do? How can you?
5: Wow. I do, so it's definitely possible. I mean, obviously, I'm not just living on green leaves. You know, I mean, I have to get the protein in, um, which is pretty easy. You don't need vast amounts of protein.
3: um, But, you know, that's not a problem for me. So where, Um, where do you believe that you're getting the protein? In addition to the green leaves, I know they have a lot of protein per calorie.
5: Yes, they do. Uh and, and and that's very accurate, Victoria. Yes, you know, they do have it um a lot compared to the calories they are providing. Um so I personally um use a relatively high fat plan, if you like, a ketogenic plan, mm-hmm. whereas I'm virtually not using any carbohydrates at all. So it's not mm-hmm. just sugar per se. Um, I don't actually use any grains at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll use quinoa, but that's not a grain; that's botanically a seed.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so I do quite high fat relative to um, it's relative to carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll use things like avocado, coconut oil, coconut butter, olive oil, nuts, and seeds. So some of those give me protein, but they will um, increase the beneficial fats. And so the interesting thing with fats is that cancer cannot feed on good fats. Um, And so although um, I am what Orthodox calls in remission, Mm -hmm. which basically Mm -hmm. means um, there is no cancer detectable in me, um, I still follow that plan. Uh, to ensure that it
3: stays like that. Well, I have heard that everybody walking around has cancer cells in their body and that the immune system, with the help of some of these wonderful plant foods, just gobbles those rogue cells up before there are enough of them to cause any trouble or to be diagnosable. So it's sort of like walking around as a cancer prevention organism.
5: Yes, providing your immune system is functioning well, it will zap things that shouldn't be in our bodies.
3: So do you do any other sorts of of, uh, holistic programs? or Do do you do colonics or steam baths or any of that? Or is it just the food and the exercise? No, I do all that. Uh, Not so much colonics.
5: I do quite a lot of retention enemas. So, I will use things like wheatgrass and spirulina via Anima. Um I do infrared saunas here because I have all that. Um, and then I will do specific supplementation, which is greater than you can get from food. So, there are, this is one of the reasons that I revised the book a few years ago because in the four years it had been since I published the book, um, I had noticed that there are very specific supplements that definitely improve people's lives. And so I added that. And so obviously I use things like ubiquinol, which is a broken-down form of CoQ10, um, probiotics, digestive enzymes, green tea extracts, Uh, resveratrol. All these things have an amazing effect on supplying the immune system with what it needs to zap things.
3: Wow, well you are zapping me with fabulous information. (laughs) The book everybody is a living miracle and I have a feeling that I'm talking with one. The website is foodalive.org O-R-G. So, Pat, where does the exercise fit in? Do you believe that this is also a cancer preventive mechanism?
5: Yes, because um, certain types of exercise create more oxygen in the body. And that's another thing that zaps cancer. It cannot live in an oxygenated environment. So um, whether you're running, whether you're on a uh, elliptical machine or whatever, um, you are creating the effect of more oxygen. And that's a big thing with living foods Uh, and the way they are grown. So obviously there's lots of ways of growing sprouts. Some aren't so good as others because they don't provide enough oxygen. Um, so the whole thing is trying to get as much oxygen into you. And so heavy breathing, whether you're running or picking up an enormous deadlift, um, helps to oxygenate the body.
3: I see. What What is the best way to grow sprouts?
5: Um, okay. Well, over the last probably eight years, I have used uh, an electrical uh, method um, It's actually an American machine called the Easy Green. Uh, And so here you combine automatic um, spraying. You keep the uh, water fresh so it's not recycled. So they are sprayed with fresh water because the water is in a separate container. Uh, And so that's on a timer system. You don't have to soak anything. You can just put dry things in there. And it creates the exact environment to grow those with plenty of oxygen. So I have three of those machines. So at any one time, I have 15 different types of living foods growing.
3: That is incredible. That that really, really is. I I want to come and have dinner at your house. Maybe you'll invite me someday. Now, speaking of your house, what about your family? When when
5: you're here in October, hopefully I'll be at VegFest again.
3: Maybe you can come back here with me. I I (laughs) would love that. I would love it. I would love to get in the gym with you and just see what you do. But... I, I have read all the the press talks about you. You know, as as the the grand, who's uh, this champion. So you have a family. How, how do they respond to this? Do, do any of your relatives eat this way, or do they just look at you admiringly or not? Well, I have I have two sons.
5: Um, one is in San Francisco, and he's um, high fly with Google. He works there, at Silicon Valley. Um, and uh, he's my youngest, and my eldest is working for the Thai government in Bangkok. Um, and, you know, they eat pretty healthy, but they don't do anything like living food, no. But they both train, so that's good. So uh, they learn something it, from me. It, it's...
3: It's so inspiring. There's a wonderful raw fooder here that you may know, Karen Ramsey. She wrote uh, Creating Healthy Children. And she was not raised raw, but when her son had intractable asthma, she remembered that her paternal grandmother had eaten this crazy diet that was mostly raw fruits and vegetables and sprouts and she pulled from that heritage to help her son so her so we don't know you know where <laughs> where the influence is going to go so just give us pat a day in the life H- how do you how do you live that keeps all this going uh, well the one thing i'm not good
5: at is sleeping and so i will <laughs> i will maybe get 3 hours um because i'm I'm working a lot with the Powerlifting Association, and we have nearly a thousand members now, so I'm getting two hundred emails a day here seven days a week uh both from patients and from members of b d f p a um and so it maybe it's a good job that I don't sleep more than three hours as so I would never cope uh and so you know i'm I'm tied to the computer um so uh, basically, I don't know. I'm probably um, attempt to go to sleep. I do meditate three times a day, and that fulfills, you know, the sleep I don't get. But I'm usually here until two a.m. in the morning, and back up at five o'clock. And so I will do my training. I will do all the important things before I get disturbed by emails. Um, but then, you know, I'm I'm not always in the UK, so it's a bit difficult, and I can only describe a day in the life of the UK at the moment. Um, so I'm up early, I train. Um, some days I will just fast. I mean, I've done masses of fasting, and that's a very important element to get your body to heal because when we are digesting... Um, we cannot heal ourselves, so that is why there's uh, any alternative form of of, of healing will embrace fasting because what you 're doing then is getting the body to a hundred percent heal because it 's not digesting yes um so i 've done lots and lots of that um, i 've done that i 've done twenty one days of just water. Um, I don't actually recommend that unless you're in a clinical environment. Uh, But I do a lot of juice fasting now. So basically, I'm feeding myself the nutrients. But because it's so swiftly digested, it allows hours and hours of healing.
3: Well... Pat, I just hope that everybody listening has swiftly digested all these amazing things that you have had to say. Um, Pat's website, everybody, you've got to check this woman out foodalive.org. Her book is a living miracle. Pat, Bless you. Thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thanks to Unity Online Radio for hosting our wonderful, um, engineer out there at Unity Village, Missouri, Jeff Comfort. Next week, our guest will be Nathan Runkle, who founded Mercy for Animals at the tender age of 15. And people say teenagers aren't doing enough cool stuff. <laughs> brilliant yeah we have we have cool people of all ages thank goodness for (laughs) the plants so everybody god bless you eat your veggies see you next week definitely (laughs) bye
2: thank you for listening to main street vegan join us every wednesday at 2 p.m central time as victoria moran entertains educates and inspires you on your vegan journey Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Things may happen around you.
3: Things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you.
1: This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
0: is a high cost to playing it safe. You have the power to overcome obstacles in your path and create positive changes in your career and personal life by taking smart risks. Move ahead with faith, confident that whatever the outcome, you can handle it. Don't you deserve more? Gain tools, tips, and insights when you listen to Dare to Live Fully with Helene Lerner and her guests. Thursdays at noon Central Time. Helene is also a television host, prolific author, expert on workplace issues, and founder of WomenWorking.com, one of the premier websites for women.
1: Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet. Where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD, interviews down to earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing.